Lucy Harwood. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging around and I've discovered. Ricky Grove. Fog comes in on little cat feet. <laughs> Phil Rice. This is the best film that I've seen all year and maybe ever. Damien Valentine. Use the machinima, Luke. everyone, I'm Ricky Grove and you are watching and listening to and now for something completely machinima podcast. This is our second week and we're featuring Tracy's picks, which are quite interesting and fun. Tracy, tell us about them. Absolutely. Um, before we start there, have we got a bit of news that you want to share? Oh, okay, I'm, sure. Well, I, I found a really fun little, um, little video. It's not actually, well, I don't it's not really a machinima thing, but it's a, it's a, it's a really um, interesting. Uh, I'd call it a fractal, but it's not even a fractal. It's 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 a visualization of pi as an irrational number, but it's absolutely mesmerizing in its detail. If you ever want to have something on in the background whilst you're doing anything. You've got to play this video. So I, I'll <laughs> say no more. Just have a little look at it because it's the detail in it is stunning. And it just, you could just watch it and go to sleep with it. It's amazing. And they're all frac fractal images? No, it's not fractal. It's a, it's a, it's perpetual pie. Ah. And the, and the music that it, it plays to, it's just stunning. I've just, I'll just say no more. You'll just watch it. I'll put a link to it, it and you'll enjoy it. it. I saw a really interesting link in our uh, Millinote board, which we used to organize. Uh, it was a link to a video that featured all of the G-Man's speeches from the Half-Life series. Mm -hmm. um, I've always thought the actor playing G-Man was particularly good at coming up with uh, his own unique style. <laughs> and uh, watching them all in a row is fascinating. Um, and it also was quite a walk down memory lane because... I played Half-Life so many different times, it's like etched in the back of my mind. So watching them all again was quite good. Whoever put this together did a really nice job and it took a lot of effort. So, but we'll put a link to it in our show notes. So you can, uh, if you're interested in watching that, you can check it out. Ricky, was it the same voice actor throughout the entirety of, of the Half-Life games? I think it was. I think it was. I'm not a hundred percent. It sure. sure is a signature sound, like that that accent and tone that he has. It's unmistakable if you've heard it, you know. It, there's, well, there's it, nothing that he, sounds quite like it. The actor is particularly good because what he does is he he creates a certain speaking irregular rhythm where he gets it's funny you you would you would think somebody who is a chief antagonist in a in a in an animated story or something like that would speak with force you know what i mean they would be clear they would be look at um the joker in a batman series but this actor decided to give the g-man almost a speech impediment as if he gets caught in certain words and he gets stuck and he has to force his way through them as if he has some sort of learning disability. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating because completely the opposite of 
of what you would expect, which interestingly, it was one of the things that you study when you study acting in depth is you learn how to play opposites so that you, this particular character, everybody would expect them to be, you know, so much of acting and characterization all based on Roman and Greek models, you know. And so when people identify that character, they have certain expectations. So you play opposite those expectations to mm. create interest for yourself and for uh, the viewer. Well, that's what he does in this, this, this sort of getting caught up in words and the sibilant S that he uses all the way through it. They create such a focus on him that you think what's going on with this guy, mm -hmm. you know? So in addition to his dramatic moments and scenes and visual look, there's a, a a verbal quality to it that is so fascinating and interesting. So if you want to learn about that and see what that is, check out these videos. They're great. I just looked it up. It's the same voice actor throughout the two games and the expansions. I thought so. I thought his, so. His name is Mike Shapiro, uh, and he's done lots of uh, voices for the Valve games. Yeah. Hmm. He's good. He's really, really good. It's such an iconic character, too. I mean, even beyond the voice, the whole way in the Half-Life narrative that they built up this sense of mystery around him before he said a word. I know. Little, you'd see him and you couldn't get to him, you know, and couldn't he's get meeting to him with he... someone behind a closed door. Or, oh, right, right. Wonderful intrigue. I think he was loosely based on, I have to think he was loosely based on the cigarette smoking man from X-Files. You know, yeah. this this character who's behind the scenes and knows all that's going on and is in league with the real bad guys. I, I assume that I've always assumed that was an inspiration. I don't know, but uh, oh, I agree. this guy in many ways is more memorable than, than that uh, character was. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. Mm. Should I talk about oh, the films then this week? Please. Yeah. We, we, you have two choices. Let's talk about the first one. Absolutely. So my, um, yeah, two choices. The first one it's actually probably one of the longest um, we've picked this month, but it's called The Longest Walkable Distances in a Video Game. Uh, map Size Comparison, and it's by How Big Is the Map? This guy uh, or gal does all, all videos based on some kind of analysis in a similar sort of vein to this absolutely astonishing um, video. Uh, it's... Um, I think it's about 12 or 13 minutes long. I can't remember exactly now. But in the film, what he's doing is walking across 120 uh, video game maps. Uh, and he shares a snapshot um, from each of, the, um, uh, each of the maps that he's walking across. He starts with the shorter ones. Uh, 55 minutes um, is, is sort of the, the beginning sort of size of it. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 is, is, the, is one of those sort of early ones that I picked up and then they get longer. And the ones that I picked out are Fallout 4, an hour and 10 minutes, World of Warcraft, Azeroth, an hour and 20 minutes, GTA San Andreas, an hour and 34 minutes, Second Life's Biggest Continent, two hours and 30 minutes plus, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, their biggest map, uh, three hours and 10 minutes. Elden Ring, three hours and 20 minutes. Elder Scrolls Online, almost five hours. Um, Just Cause, eight hours. No Man's Sky on one planet, walked around almost 30 hours. And and then he says, how many other planets are there? So you can go on for 
Well, if you yeah, got some like hours. 18 billion, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. And then space engineers, 50 hours. Uh, and um, some other that he's still walking and apparently he's never even Kerbal tried. Space Station. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Minecraft. Or space is, something. Yeah. Minecraft is infinite, of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so there were immediately um, some things that struck me about this. First of all, how astonishingly diverse these games are and how beautiful and complex these maps uh, are and, oh, yeah. and, and the oh, yeah. assets in the games. And secondly, adding this lot together in terms of the time it took him to do all this walking, um, I, I mean, it's longer than I've got left to live, I think. Just, <laughs> just a quick tot-up. Uh, <laughs> I, I reckon it was about four months of playing the game, about uh, playing these games, assuming a kind of an average man's working week time, which I, I guess wouldn't necessarily be the case here. But then... You know, I couldn't figure out some of them. I guess he just sampled and then extrapolated based on whatever information he could kind of glean from it. And then he obviously got to stitch them together. There's quite impressive editing with these as well. He's got a really interesting um, uh, original music piece that he's put to it as well. Uh, I mean, I have to say top marks for effort. It was absolutely astonishing to see it. And then another as aspect to this, which which I thought was really so much fun, um, was the way that he um, just hinted at the soundscape from the game underneath that music. And that's because it's the music that takes you on the journey, but it's all these yeah. little sound pieces underneath it that sort of just give you a hint of what he, he's done. And there's real humour in it as well. I think at one point um, he gets a... a um, attacked by a couple of ravaging monsters he gets attacked by a bear he walks through a yard of pigs <laughs> uh, and then he turns into a barbie character yeah and he's kind mm. of walking crawling creeping and then just you know he's just doing the same thing in each of these he's kind of taking the scenery in a, along the way and you see his journey through the you know through everything like the the crosshairs of a gun to some kind of weaponry to another character that's following him and he's black or he's white or he's female he's a child he's a criminal he's a lawman he's a soldier he's alone and he's with others i just thought that was that was kind of wonderful you've always got fascinating that sort of yeah sense of it and it i think there was there was another aspect to it that really stood out to me as well i was looking at some of the comments on it i i i mean really really interesting but there was one person that whose comments were really sort of struck a chord uh guy's name's nanogrip in the in the um in the comments and he says i live in a uh, in a tiny island in the pacific that has less than 200 square kilometers total landmass uh, and he says then when he experiences games with larger maps than his island well it, it kind of blew him away and his pacific island is palau and, and i thought you know what these games are just so empowering and astonishing in the way that they have been um, developed and the, and the power of the storytelling and the, the range of experiences that they, they offer is just so inspiring in, in really so many ways. Um, so I was just, yeah, just amazed by this, really. It was one of those things that I didn't intend to watch because I thought it's not going to be that interesting. But I, I really got really into this and, and really enjoyed what it 
what it showed me for 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 a whole range of different reasons. What did you guys think? I didn't recognize I didn't recognize half of these games. That was the me first neither. thing that struck me yeah, is yeah. I like some of them I had just not even heard of. Others I've heard of the franchise, but like I I didn't know they were still well, actually, I don't know when that Metal Gear Solid game that was one of them. I don't know when that was made, uh, but I mean, I thought that was like something from way back, you know. So there's first of all, it it, it opened my eyes to my goodness. There's a whole world of really big games that you know, in the course of a normal life, you just don't experience them all. But the thing that really I started pondering as it was going through was with each of these worlds, these huge worlds, all the artistry that went into making them mm -hmm. down from, from the textures to mm -hmm. the modeling to the, I'm, I'm assuming that all of these, except maybe some of the, you know, really <laughs> early games have some kind of elaborate soundscape, NPC interactions, uh, random events, animals. I mean, the, the, yeah, there were several. The 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 animal scenes uh, really got me going too. But like, it just I just started getting overwhelmed by oh my gosh, there's all these games with hundreds of square miles, in some cases thousands. That by the end of it, when it gets to Minecraft, which Minecraft was the winner of that video we watched, I think early this year, mm -hmm. that was just largest maps, not the walkthroughs, but just maps. And of course, Minecraft wins because it's infinite. But to me, Minecraft was the least impressive, even mm -hmm. though it was at the end, because Minecraft, there's a fixed set of textures and almost, almost everything is made of these very simple blocks and it's procedurally generated. That wasn't impressive anymore. What was impressive is these giant worlds you know, Starfield probably would have been interesting to see where it ranked on here if it had been made prior, if it had been released prior to this video being made, which I think the video was made about two months ago. Uh, Starfield's about, uh, Starfield was released, I think, just shy of two months ago, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, just all the the texture artistry and and conceiving of ideas of how to lay out these worlds and all that, just so many incredibly talented people involved in in all these different games at all these different companies it was just it's really really impressive uh i mean it's that that's where my mind went is just the the i started thinking about man how much work this is mm -hmm. because these aren't just most of these are not procedurally generated and I'm sure that they're using shortcuts where they can. And okay, let, we could reuse this building here because it's 300 miles away. So who cares? But still, that's a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of teams. Yeah. And uh, and this, of course, wasn't wasn't even close to every game. I mean, they started with um, <clears throat> well, uh, Cyberpunk. I think mm -hmm. I think Cyberpunk was the very first one. Mm -hmm. And it was 50 something minutes to walk through. So think about how many games there are that are just slightly didn't make that bar. Right. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing what a lot of talented people are out there. Um, and at least at the time these were made, gainfully employed talented people. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. interesting stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I actually enjoyed 
thinking about the worlds being shown to us as much as I enjoyed the video itself, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it was great. I'm glad you picked it. Yeah, you know, I'm so happy that I'm a part of this podcast because this is the kind of thing that I would just bypass. Me I too. Would just look at, I would look at it and I'd, I'd say, nah, I'm not interested in that. And Tracy's insistence on letting us, making us look at it more closely is so great because on the surface, the goal is just simply to give you information about gaming, which is, hey, I'm going to use this thing to walk. We're going to walk across these different games and what's the biggest and what's the, what, you know, start from the least and then go all the way to the biggest. That's on the surface. But underneath, there's all kinds of things going on. For for example, it talks about walking. The idea of walking is <laughs> something that has been in our culture for a long time. It has its own meaning. For example, you walk in nature. Thoreau's walking in nature to gain some sort of spiritual balance. Walking in an urban setting. So we all have these assumptions about walking. So that fits in under the surface there. And then each game changes that content of that walking. So you think, okay, I'm going to go out for a walk and I'm really going to enjoy myself. And instead you get attacked by a ferocious bear because you're walking. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there was a lot of unintentional humor in it simply because you think, well, we're going to go out for this lyrical and, quiet contemplative walk you know and then putting them in the context of all of these game worlds made it even more special you know the difference between walking in real life and walking in a game world is quite funny yeah and and strange and interesting um game worlds i think have been one of the most fascinating things for me because i've always had the theory that game worlds have taken the place of novels for people. Because when you read a big novel, you sort of get involved in the whole world of it, especially in fantasy. Uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings is a huge epic novel with massive distances and pass and everything. And all of that's much easier to access when you're actually inside of the novel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why it's been so appealing to young people in particular, because it's so much easier to do. Now, fighting and all of that stuff, you know, you could do all of that. But I've always been in love with open world games. And I was also impressed, like you were, Phil, with the incredible variety of the way things look and feel. And, and then, as you pointed out, Tracy, the shifting identity of you of you as the walker mm -hmm. suddenly you're this tough punk walking through town between these cars cars are stopping and then another one you're walking down this fantasy world and you're in this cyberpunk science fiction world it just was so immensely fun and unexpectedly so yeah. even though it's repetitious there's nothing boring about it at all if Agreed. you're paying attention you're drawn into it and it's a weird kind of quest there's almost like a quest element to it my quest is to get onto the other side of this world <laughs> i mean yeah. it's a stupid quest almost like buster keaton you know what i mean i'm gonna get to the other side of this world um so i thought it was a marvelous choice and very provocative and 
and and it made me think a lot it made me laugh i was also oftentimes sort of touched by little moments in it just fantastic i really really enjoyed it so as i said last week it made me want to play cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> <laughs> i was surprised when that came up as the first game because i would have thought the game world in that was bigger than i was that. too um so yeah it made me want to play the game and try walking across the game world itself um just the time to myself doing it just to see but um then i started thinking about if you do that you go from, start at one end and you just walk across imagine all the things you're going to see mm. because it's not just going to be one um particular type of environment you see all the way through what you see is going to evolve and change like in cyberpunk for example you've got the city in the middle of the game world and it's completely surrounded by desert so you to start you'd start off in the desert and you'd walk and as you get closer to the city the buildings get bigger uh, and then you get to the edge of the city and you've got the the rundown suburbs and you go through the center of the city with all the huge skyscrapers and you go through sort of an industrial bit with where the variety and yeah there. and then you get out the other side and then you're back in the desert and you go all the way to the other end and in the desert there's not just sand and there's actually things out there to see as well so i'm quite intrigued by the idea of just sitting down and walking through a game world uh so i might try it at some point just yeah please yeah. please yeah. record it or stream it if you do all right uh, i'm telling you you never know what it's it, it's like when someone tells you bring your camera when you're going somewhere interesting you just never know what you're going to see yeah record the whole thing yeah. if you can and then um i was like uh you and like uh, like you uh ricky i started thinking about the the design that went into this because if you're walking in a straight line you're going to see all these things but you're not seeing everything else that's there um and it's the same with the, in this video this person walked through the game world in a straight line but they're not seeing the other things that are there but you, you still get an, a sense of scale because you know it's out there even if you can't see it you know that someone had to, to create all this extra stuff in place in the world or develop the codes to so that the game could generate the stuff to put in the world it, it, just, it didn't just appear by itself so yeah there's a huge amount of work went to all of this yeah even uh con con considering the what they call the lod which is the level of detail yeah rather than having stuff that's far away rendered fully like it is close to you they have level of detail so that if you look far away that detail is is much simpler but as you get closer the level of detail changes so that it becomes more um uh, more believable more specific the texture resolution gets higher and everything. The fact that they're able to orchestrate that using coding is just fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. And someone had to create those that object in different detail levels as well. Exactly. Exactly. So you have the, the high quality tree with all the leaves that, that move in the wind, and you get a sort of medium one, which you still looks like a tree, and then you get sort of a smaller, lower detail one, and then you get the very basic one, which is probably just a stick with a bit of green. Yeah, stuck on it, which you'll never yep. see up close, but in the distance, it just looks like a tree, which is all it needs to. Someone yeah. had to create all of those and make sure they were all consistent with each other, so the the tree doesn't suddenly wildly change shape as you get yeah. closer to it. The, the transitions between them that was fun. Look, as you're walking in in this film, 
thinking about the technology behind putting it together. And some of these games are pretty old as well. Like they had, mm -hmm. um, was it uh, Daggerfall, which that's about a thirty-year-old game, I think. Right. And you got got a glimpse of that, and that's a huge game world. It's bigger than the more recent Elder Scrolls games. Um, <laughs> and you know, this was probably released on the floppy disk. Yeah. He not only made ones where he's walking across them, but he also makes films of a similar nature where he's running, he's sprinting, he's driving. And then he's also, I mean, there's loads on his channel. You want to have a look at them. They're just absolutely astonishing. Uh, yep. He's also done them by categorization of things like ages and different types of games. I mean, he hmm. must have the most astonishing collection of games that you you just can't imagine and you're right really? they do go back to the mid 90s from what i could see wow that's incredible fascinating mm. okay so you had a second choice I called do. alchemist um, confession what is that well this is a complete contrast in so many ways to the um that that film we've just been talking about and the first thing to say is the the contrast extends to the time that it took to make it because you know, months on the other one. This one took just five days to make. And the quality of it, um, to me, is is absolutely astonishing. And of course, you know, it's made in Un Unreal Engine. It's made by a guy that's got lots and lots of chops using Unreal Engine. We've reviewed some of his work before. In fact, um, you'll remember uh, Baby Outlaw was also by um, Corey Williams, and also, uh, do you remember the Teflon Sega and Blue series that we looked looked at some months, if not a couple of years ago now as well? Um, <clears throat> he's made also um, a, a how he made it kind of video as well. You can see him recording it and he did it in a single take. It's absolutely um, a stunning, uh, well, it, it just blew me away when I watched this. It was, a you know, the, in terms of the way that he produced uh, produced it and how, how it took only five days, he put, as he was making it, uh, a couple of screen caps on LinkedIn and was immediately kind of contacted by a couple of folks, one being um, Mark Oten, uh, who uh, is a, a sound designer, and another um, chap is called Angel Roche Jr., um, who has produced the original score for it. And they, they literally collaborated over a period of five days and produced this. I think the editing is, is stunning. It's the voice acting that really captured my attention with it, if I'm honest. It was just, just, just amazing. I thought the I thought the the different components of the animation are um, really well captured. The you know the the the, the movement of it, that it was the steely eye in the in the in the character that I thought was was it, well. I mean that just draws you in. But the other thing that drew me in a little bit was the saliva in the mouth of the character as well as that kind of magical essence in the scenery and that gratuitous little bug that he kind of made reference to, which seems to be a, a trick that Unreal 
engine folks like to do. Um, but all of it together, to me, just sort of summed up the, the kind of the horror and the abomination of the scene. And the abomination is a, is a word that he actually uses. And to me, therefore, these two films that, that I picked this, this week really, you know, they go from the ridiculous to the sublime. And I, I actually, I quite like the contrast between the two and the fact that there is this, uh, this, this total contrast. Um, but I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to share it with you because it was another one that was released only a couple of weeks ago. What did you think of that one? Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing it. I'm glad I watched it. Um, I think it really goes from the ridiculous to the supine, meaning that I was sound asleep during most of it. Oh. Uh, I think it shows the <laughs> the problem that I've seen over and over and over again by people who have really high quality technical skills but have no idea how to write high production values low writing values we've seen this many 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 times in uh the, our picks and i you know i this is again this is my take i don't want to i'm not trying to ruin your experience tracy because i know you really like the film and, and i appreciated the high production values the lip sync is fantastic in it. The look of the characters, the whole feel of the thing is done. But it, in terms of the writing, it shows that it was made in five days because there are so many questions that are left unanswered. Who is this character talking to? If he's confessing, why would someone who has such a high ego to try that? Al alchemical formula be willing to say that he or she was wrong so often characters don't speak to the point of what the author is trying to say they talk around it so rather than this character saying i made this terrible mistake i fell when have you thought of a major dramatic character saying that i made i was wrong I made this mistake. It's a cautionary tale. No, what they do is they justify their actions. Mm -hmm. They come up with excuses and they say, I did this and it was somebody else's fault. It was the universe's fault. It was God's fault. It was a demon's fault. It was the alchemy's fault. So speaking, he, he spoke too much on the point, which shows me that the writer doesn't really understand how to write character. Now, if you don't think of those things, I think it's perfectly possible, but I can't help but not think of those things. And so what it does is it takes me completely out of the realism of it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And what I do is I admire the filmmaking itself, which I very, very much admire. But I think the the creators of this, if he wants to become a better filmmaker and a deeper filmmaker, is going to have to think about his writing uh, because the writing was just not very good at all. But I, I really am glad I watched it. And I love the. You're right. The contrast between the two pieces is really excellent. Uh, and it show, also shows that Unreal really is the tool of choice uh, if you want to make a high quality machinima um it's just gorgeous but that was my take on it really great points thank you ricky really good really interesting sure Phil, ricky, ricky ricky you gotta stop stealing my notes 
<laughs> uh yeah as a as a technical demo this is virtually unparalleled it puts iclone and character creator 4 uh in a really good light like it, the the, the mocap and everything and the the look of it just great the voice the quality of the tone of the voice fantastic yep uh just gorgeous gorgeous work but the writing just so on the nose uh um that was the phrase yeah, i was I looking had, for on I, the I nose had, i had the same i had the same reaction i i kind of i don't know when when you're a when you're a, either a writer or an appreciator of good writing you can't help but think of this is something that could have done instead and it and, and of course, Ricky came up with just some perfect uh, dramatic solutions, you know, and it would have been a thousand times more compelling if he was talking around the point instead of addressing it straight on. Absolutely, Ricky. Me, of course, I can't help but think, well, this could have been saved uh, as, as comedy in that <laughs> yeah. go ahead and go ahead and deliver the speech all completely on the nose, you know, and I am I am the uh you know i've done all these things and now there's a heavy cost now i can't get laid <laughs> don't look at me i'm hideous <laughs> don't look at me i'm hideous you know it's it's if that had been tacked on the end it would have delivered it but yeah no it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so super impressive visually um and maybe that was the main intent you know yeah. if this guy is putting this out there for the purpose of uh, seeking a career in design, then boom, call this guy. I mean, wow, great stuff. But if this was intended to be uh, a great short film, then yeah, I, I would say maybe 10 days on the writing and then five on the production might've been a good idea, yeah. uh, maybe more. Um, and it's such a short piece. It's like, well, why would it take that long? Well, um, yeah, like this, short is, this is why. what's that? I, I, oh, it totally is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I don't know if it's harder. I mean, writing a novel is that's, that's yeah, ooh, yeah. 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 Wow. But, uh, as I mean, Ricky's partner, Lisa, I'm sure would be the first to say, Hey, writing short form is no joke either. You know, it's hard. And this is ultra short form. This is not short story. This is one monologue. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. Um, so anyway, that yeah, I basically, you know, I I hate I hate to just say yeah, me too. What Ricky said, but that that's really that's my notes. Uh, other than the, the the potential comedy ending, but yeah, it it's it's not quite where it needed to be for for writing to 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 grip me. It's almost um, as if he decided to write the idea of the character instead of a real character. So you have this character, he's an alchemist. He made this terrible mistake and now he regrets it. And he's giving a warning to other alchemists or people yeah, who want to dabble with it. That's an idea. That's the story. Right. But the delivery 
But the character, uh, a character would never come story out and say be that. Con- yeah, that story could be conveyed without the character saying, I'm a bad person. I did a wrong thing. And this is the consequence. So don't do that. No, you could illustrate that. Uh, you get the idea from much the more effective of the character. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. You perfectly. have a dramatic character who conveys the idea, but doesn't tell you what the idea is. Yeah, I agree. So wonderful pick because it's very eye-opening in terms of mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the beauty of it, the the detail. Oh man, um, it is super super impressive, um, sound-wise, music-wise, visually. The mood of the of, of the yeah. thing. The look, no the visual look, it. fantastic. Yeah, top, top notch. Yeah, I I watched it and I thought that the story is not necessarily the, the focus of creating this video. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about the technical side of it and making it. And I then I watched the behind the scenes video as well, which is very interesting to see how he did it. The impression I got from that was he found the character model and wanted to do something with it. Yes. So he put together this short monologue as you know a way to play around this character model that he's bought from the Unreal Epic Content Store, whatever they call it. I, I don't remember. Right. Um, and then he, he loaded that into an iClone and then he did the motion capture for it and he did the facial motion capture as a separate thing. But in the behind the scenes, you've got the the final video, you've got him standing in the room with the mocap gear on, and then you've got a close-up of the the creature's face and then the close-up of his face and it's all playing um synced up so you can see all four at the same time nice um one of the things i came away with i claim is always a real issue obviously he really improved the facial motion capture for iclone because when they first released that plugin i tried the free trial of it and it was so glitchy and it needs a lot of correction work on it i thought it's easier just to start animate it from scratch by hand than it is to do the motion capture with the webcam so I, I never invested in that plugin but watching this it's come a long way since then because um it looked so much smoother so much better uh it didn't look over the top it didn't look um glitchy or you know you know twitching and mouth movements and that kind of stuff um but watching his live performance as well he's got a very expressive face which is obviously key to doing this because his face is moving more than the creature's face mm. and the creature's face is looking natural the way that like when you when you see him talking it looks right for that creature but when you see that the actor doing it he's really over the top to get that same result it's uh, almost you, akin to a, a theater performer, I would think, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to overemphasize those. You have to lift the energy a bit in order to project what you're yeah. doing out. Yeah. All the makeup for stage art, uh, stage performance is intended to amplify it as well because the people at the back need to see right. it too. So yeah, similar right, right. similar skill set, I bet. Yeah. So it's worth watching that behind the scenes video because it's, it's the same length as the actual video. But maybe a couple of seconds before we talks about what he's about to do. Um, so it doesn't take a long time, but it's very interesting to, to see that process. Uh, and from the technical side, I was really impressed. And obviously, I use iClone for myself, so I'm kind of intrigued to to learn more about what he did uh, making this uh, for my yeah. own films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really great. enjoyed it for that, and it's educational. And the story was not not it wasn't terrible; it's just not memorable. Yeah. 
but I, I don't think it's meant to be. I think the the process is meant to be about. It sounds like it, yeah. This, cat, this creature, which he did an excellent job with. Absolutely. However, you know, when you present it as a film with a story and a character, you open yourself up to criticism based on your work, you know. <sighs> if he had put a warning in the front and says, what I wanted to do is to show you all the great technical skills I have. I'm not a very good writer, so forgive me if the character isn't as good. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> he gave you a, a, a thing but i think you're right i think that's what his focus on but i complain about that i say too often technical highly skilled technical people they play to their strengths which i guess if you're using it as a calling card is good but wouldn't you want to work on what it is you're not so skilled on to get better at it or collaborate Perhaps with you, someone who is exactly you know, hire somebody to do it we've run into and this then, how many times with regard to uh there'll be one element of of production that's that's below the par of the others sound is often it you know sound design is often forgotten and it really is a for for i think for a lot of filmmakers getting into this it's a blind spot until someone calls your attention to it and it's like oh yeah oh yeah you and i had this, those blind spots when i started and thankfully yeah. i had had uh, had friends who weren't afraid to say something, and I learned I learned more from those than I did from any tutorial. So right, right. yeah. So if you learn anything, listeners to this particular podcast, is that you can create a beautiful and gorgeous looking work, but if you don't put effort into your writing and your story, it's not going to be as resonant as it could. And it'll be just a calling card for you. But if hell, if you get a million dollar job out of it, it's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the perfect example of that that everyone can relate to is is uh, red versus blue. Oh, yeah. Just focused on the visual beauty and not on the writing. And District exactly. Nine, you, you see what happened. District 9, the, uh, the, it's, the film. It's, it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. So the film District 9 started <laughs> off as an effects test i think it's a five minute video of a spaceship in the sky over there right yeah the yeah, yeah and he he got the funding to make a, a, a full feature length movie out of it and that's what he did i was that's always awesome. impressed i was always impressed with m dot strange's method he would focus exclusively on story before he even began production he would have a working polished script before he even began putting all the thing together. And I think that's a good idea. Uh, but I don't want to belabor this point. We've made it pretty clear already. I thought you had excellent choices this month, Tracy. And they were very provocative and interesting, full of fun and interesting ideas. Really Thank enjoyed the, the discussion. Thank you, all of you. It's really great. Thank you. Sure thing. All right, folks, that's it. We want you to talk to us. You know, we said a lot of stuff. Do you think we're nuts? Uh, send a talk at completelymachinima.com. We want your comments. Tell me I'm a, a nut. That's what I want to hear. Of course, you have to justify it or else I'll kick your ass, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love you all. Take care. Thank you, Tracy, Damien, Phil. I'm Ricky Grove, and we're signing off. Check our show notes, uh, which Tracy puts together at completelymachinima.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.